0: Greetings greenhouse people and welcome to another installment of Tech on Demand, where our goal is always to bring you tips, tricks, and information to produce your best crops ever. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and I am happy to be joined today by Nick Flax, one of the newest technical services members at Ball Horticultural Company, and he's part of the Tech on Demand team at Ball. He's the technical services specialist, and he's going to be the guy answering thousands of questions from growers every year from now into the future. He's kind of a Jack of all trades when it comes to greenhouse production. And he's also a fantastic guy. I will vouch for him. You guys are going to like him. This is going to be a fantastic set of presentations and you're going to hear a lot more from him in the future. So
1: Nick, how's it going in the new role? Going well. uh, You know, kind of moves at a mile a minute, and uh, but I'm really enjoying it getting settled in. Ball is, is a really interesting company. There's so many different moving parts and different facets, and it's really, it's really cool for someone like myself to uh, now be a part of this team uh, and have an opportunity to work with so many different growers out there. Uh, and you know, have opportunities to help support different parts of the company on the technical services team. So I'm very excited to be here and look forward wow. to doing a lot more content with
0: you in the future. For sure, and I think you probably just scratch the surface when it comes to moving pieces and parts within Ball. But uh, <laughs> you know, probably in a decade, you'll figure them all out. Yeah, so, right. I, I am really grateful and happy to have Nick on board, yeah. and he's definitely energetic, um, and that's good because his job's going to be really fast-paced. So. Speaking of fast pace, why don't we go ahead and get started? We are here today back to talk about at-risk crops and the inherent challenges with specific crops grown all across North America and really around the world. And Like I've been saying, if you're following this series, at-risk crops are the commonly grown plants that often come under pressure from specific pests and diseases. So this time, Nick's going to join us to focus on tomatoes, obviously a key vegetable crop produced by many, many of you out there and uh, we're hoping to give you some strategies to produce the highest quality and ship the highest quality to your customers. So Nick, why don't you go ahead and share your screen and kick us off with tomatoes. And real quick before he starts, I just wanna remind the the listeners and viewers that you're gonna find a full overview presentation and document covering at-risk crop protocols linked in the show notes, and that's where you'll learn a little bit more about the disease triangle that impacts all plants. So Nick, why don't you go ahead, share your screen, and uh, start off by talking about some of the risk factors specific to tomatoes. I think you're going to talk a lot about a specific
1: virus and uh, bacterial leaf spot, right? You got it. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, as Bill said, we're going to talk about tomatoes. Um, and there are really two, uh, two major pathogens that we're going to cover. Uh, if you've seen previous uh, you know, versions of our at-risk um, you know, technical documents for tomatoes, um, it pretty much just focused on bacterial leaf spot, but I actually want to start off with talking about tomato brown rugose fruit virus. That's quite a mouthful, but if you know the the little acronym, you kind of kind of spells out TOBARF, Um so that, that's uh, how you'll hear it abbreviated in the, uh, in, in discussions about this uh, about this pathogen. Um, but this is a pretty new one. Um, it's become an increasingly, you know, big problem for growers in the United States um, in the last, you know, in the last five, you know, especially last five or so years. Um, but it is a tobamovirus, so it's in the same group uh, as uh, tobacco mosaic and tomato mosaic virus, and the symptoms are pretty similar. Um, you know, the leaves will, you know, foliar symptoms, you know, leaves will start to get a little distorted, they'll kind of get a little bubbly and wrinkly, and they'll develop sort of mosaic pattern, um, whereas symptoms on fruit, so if you're gr- if you're a grower doing, uh, you know, patio tomatoes, things like that, and you want to have fruit on the plant um, at the point of sale in a retail setting, um, if if you, for some reason, uh, have this disease in your operation, symptoms, are, you know, the calyx will start to get brown and kind of crinkly, a little distorted, and there'll be these big dark brown splotches uh, that actually form on the fruit. So the fruit symptoms are much are much more severe than, uh, than what, what many of you may be used to seeing for tobacco mosaic uh, or tomato mosaic. Now, thankfully, as of right now, Tobarf does not originate in the U.S. There, are, there aren't any known infestations, um, but it does periodically come in from the country, whether it's in, uh, you, know, you know, there was a, a like a big outbreak in Mexico in 2018, and it was a really big problem for the tomato growers down there. Um, and, you know, being a, a global society, we get a lot of produce and things uh, imported from different countries. We also, a lot of our seed production is done offshore. And then, and then are imported into the U.S., packaged up and sold to growers like yourselves. Um, so for this disease, we're not going to talk about any specific management strategies other than exclusion, uh, exclusion and monitoring. You know, making sure that if you see symptoms, that you're you know you're linking up with a diagnostician, whether it's a local extension agent in in your state or in your county or by contacting someone like myself uh, and then submitting, actually submitting a plant sample to our disease diagnostic lab. Um, but it's really critical to identify that because if you have Tobarf in your operation, that's not good. Um, and you'll need to destroy any, you know, for example, if you grew a bunch of plants from seed, you pretty much need to destroy any plants produced from that seed lot. Um, you know, there would be a quarantine imposed on <laughs> on that production area. So. Um, it's, you know, it's very, it's highly communicable, um, through mechanical transmission. So plant to plant contact, uh, you know, your, if you've got your growers or your crews, you know, moving plants around, touching plants during transplant, things like that. That's really going to be, uh, the, that's going to be the main way that it's spread. I haven't observed any insect vectors, uh, of, um, of Tobarf yet. Um, doesn't mean that it can't happen, but to date, it's pretty much, you know, the, the understanding we have is that it spread mechanically. So, um, you know, in, just in, in line with uh, preventing tobacco mosaic outbreaks uh, or tomato mosaic outbreaks in your operation, you'll still want to exercise the same, the same kind of uh, sanitation protocols. Make sure that your crews are cleaning any, any tools, you know, if they're snipping off plants, if they're doing any pruning or training, um, make sure that they're that they're sanitizing um, their tools in between plants, in between production blocks. So if you do have a disease, you can isolate it in one area. <clears throat> uh, alternatively, you know, well, every you know, anyone who's handled tomatoes uh, knows how you know how you get those nice those nice sticky trichomes all over your hands. Um, so it's a <laughs> good motivation to wear gloves to begin with. Um, but using disposable gloves when you're handling and transplanting, moving these around in the greenhouse is another critical way to help uh, prevent that mechanical transfer of the disease if it's there. Um, ball, so we, we do test, uh, so any any of the tomato seed, um, we, we test for Pan American seed tests for, um, uh, for the whole group of Tobamoviruses, so this is included in that, um, and our suppliers also are, are required to test for this. So ensuring that you are purchasing your seed from a reputable source is paramount in the exclu- in the discussion on exclusion and keeping this disease out. Um, so yeah, um, if you see, you know, again, if you start seeing virus-like symptoms uh, in tomatoes in your greenhouse, you know, again, just reach out to a diagnostician, whether it's myself, a local extension agent, what have you. Um, so we can just make sure that this isn't potentially uh, uh, tobarf, um, and, uh, and yeah, so <laughs> exclusion, good sanitation, and you know just keep keep these things in the front of your mind as a grower it you know may look like something that you're used that you've seen in the past but it never hurts to get a sample sent in and get an actual firm diagnosis from a plant pathologist that really helps us help you steer management decisions and you know decide hey what you know what the heck are we going to do so now kind of you know, I don't know bill do you have anything else you wanted to no, I was just going to reiterate, you know,
0: it comes down to sanitation, testing, and buying from reputa- reputable source. And hopefully yep. this is one that, that that we can all avoid because it, it can be a nightmare. And I do remember back in 2018, how many uh, growers were impacted and um, definitely something we want to avoid in the future. So uh, yeah. I think that I'm glad that you started off with uh, uh, Tobarf and and the challenges that, that we've seen lately in that because it is kind of a new one. Um, but I do think you know, moving into bacterial leaf spot this is one that does have risk factors but also does also have some management protocols that, that you're going to share
1: too so uh mm-hmm. so, yeah i'm glad that you started with that one thank you <laughs> and, and just real quick but actually before we get on the bacterial leaf spot again thinking about that disease triangle uh you know how we were managing tobarf. there's the three components that you know that allow for disease to occur in plants there's the presence of a pathogen uh, conducive environment, so optimal environmental conditions for the pathogen, and susceptible host. Well for Tobarf, we're really we're really managing the presence of that pathogen. Um, managing it getting into your greenhouse, managing it getting spread around, because there aren't any chemistries that you can use to curatively treat for Tobarf. Now bacterial leaf spot on the other hand, good news. There are things you can do about it. Um, so bacteria leaf spot is just sort of a general term for disease caused by a group of xanthomonas bacteria. Um, it is typically seed-borne and uh, it can spread really quickly. Um, <laughs> it's, it spreads very readily, like most bacterial pathogens, spreads very readily through splashing water. So if you're watering, if you're doing overhead irrigations, you're you know splashing uh, your, your water or fertilizer solution onto, the canop- onto an infected part of the canopy, those beads of water are gonna roll right off onto the plant next to them, and the plant next to them, and the plant next to them. Um, so you really need to make sure that you're, <laughs> you're, you're being careful about uh, how you're um, growing your crops. Um, but the typical symptoms for this are small, dark uh, colored, very circular lesions. Um, you know, they're typically dark brownish, uh, but a lot of the times they'll have a little yellow halo uh, around that little brown lesion. And that's actually the active site where the bacteria are really rapidly multiplying. And they're basically just, you know, using up the resources at the point of infection and working their way outward. Um, so if this, you know, if a uh, bacterial leaf spot goes unchecked, basically just going to, all those lesions are going to start to coalesce. They're going to cross, you know, you know, cross edges and it's just going to totally, it's going to totally collapse the canopy, any infected leaves. Um, So residue management, um, making sure that if you get bacterial leaf spot in and making sure that, making sure that you're, uh, making, you know, managing it so that it's not spreading to any adjacent plants is really key. So let's talk about some specifics for how you can help manage the spread of bacterial leaf spot, because there are a few different ways that you can attack this, again, from that disease triangle perspective. Um, Environmental environmental conditions uh, are a little bit tougher to manage, um, but there are definitely some considerations to make. Um, If you can keep your temperatures in the greenhouse pretty moderate, that can actually help slow down infection. Bacterial leaf spot, the temperature range, the optimal temperature range for infection is about 75 to 86 degrees. Now that's not to say that if you keep your greenhouses cooler that you won't get infection, but the the, the rate at which it's occurring is lower if you can keep your, your air temps low. Um, and you know, low, low 70s is you know, low to mid 70s is kind of that sweet spot for a lot of annual bedding plant crops. You know, you're gonna produce higher quality, more toned plants at cooler air temps than higher air temps. So that's beneficial for uh, beneficial for most of your crops and also beneficial in helping reduce the uh, severity and, and infection incidences for Xanthomonas and bacterial leaf spot in tomatoes. Um, another thing to consider, and you know, I said uh, bacterial leaf spot, on tomatoes spreads really easily through splashing water, through irrigation, you know, through irrigation. If you have, if you're in a greenhouse operation that's prone to getting a lot of condensation, a lot of moisture buildup on the glazing material, and it, you know, you <laughs> know, in the morning, you have that greenhouse rain effect. Um, doing things to manage your relative humidity so that you don't get that that sort of indoor raining effect will also help reduce spread of bacterial leaf spot because again. It's another source of splashing water. You know, you could be doing such a great job. You could be have, you could be growing them on flood benches and not a drop of water normally is hitting the canopy. Well, if you've got really high humidity and condensation in your greenhouse raining down on your crops, there you go, splashing water. So something to be mindful of um, if that is a, a typical problem in your greenhouse. On the cultural side of things, so this is where... You know, we're, we're go- going back to purchasing seed only from reputable sources. Um, so this, you know, bacteria leaf spot is, uh, is a common pathogen that tomato seed is screened for. Uh, so, you know, make sure that you're getting your seed from a producer who has tested seed, and if need be, uh, provides some kind of treatment uh, to remediate it if they did find it. Um, avoid nutrient stressing. So, again, looking back at that disease triangle: pathogen presence, uh, optimal environment, and susceptible host. Bacterial pathogens, a lot of bacterial pathogens, like to attack when plants are hungry. So when you're when you're 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 basically inducing some kind of stress factor. Um, and you know, one of the things from growing tomato transplants that a lot of growers and my, myself personally like to do is grow them lean. You know, the there really there aren't a lot of different uh, height control um, strategies that we can use effectively for tomatoes, especially once they're out of that sort of slow initial growth phase and they're in that rapid linear growth phase. Um, so, growing them lean uh, is is one one way. You know, if you withhold a little bit of nutrients, it will restrict their ability to shoot up in height. Well, if you Nutrient stress tomatoes too much, you can actually make them more susceptible to infection for bacterial leaf spot. So be mindful of that. So that's kind of a fine line that you have to walk. Um, prioritizing plant size, you know, whether you're a wholesaler who's trying to fit a bunch of plants onto racks to ship them somewhere, or if you're a smaller, you know, a smaller operation, um, you know that the that priority may be different for different types of growers. But if you are trying to keep your plants, your tomatoes relatively compact, try to avoid keeping them too hungry. Because again, that'll increase their susceptibility to bacterial leaf spot. And like I said, avoid overhead watering if possible. I know that's not possible for everyone. Um, but, you know, especially in the plug stage, you know, how can you not? There are not a lot of growers doing sub-irrigation for plugs in America right now. Um, but you can you know especially once they start to get a little bigger just you know be mindful of you know trying to trying to get that breaker um down below the canopy try not to touch the leaves too much um, but you know try and water from as low as as low as you possibly can again to avoid that water splashing and then finally chemical cons- control strategies so unlike tobarf <laughs> we actually can control outbreaks of uh, bacterial leaf spot in tomatoes <clears throat> um now the thing is, for bacterial pathogens, much like viral pathogens, once infection has occurred, you can't curatively restore that infected site. So if you have a plant and, you, and three little lesions start to develop, you can apply different, you know, different chemistries. Typically, copper-based products are what you're going to find uh, out there that are labeled for um, controlling bacterial leaf spot and are effective. Um, you're not going to repair those three little lesions. However, you will, uh, you will be able to prevent reinfection and spreading of those bacteria on other parts of the plant canopy. Um, now, that being said, good coverage is critical because any, any parts on the, on the leaf surface that you don't actually get, this active, in, you know, get active ingredient onto, they're not protected. So, um, you know, make sure that you're when you're going through spring, you're going over the top, and then you're also trying to get underneath the canopy a little bit too. Um, Again, really good coverage is critical. And typically, the the largest group of products that are labeled for controlling bacterial leaf spot are copper based active ingredients of some kind. But there are also also some um, microbial products as well that have shown good efficacy and that. I've personally worked with growers who have had really, you know, achieved really good control of different foliar pathogens um, using uh, microbial products. So um, things, uh, so things like um, cease, that's a a microbial, it's a bactericide, fungicide. It's kind of a broad spectrum thing. um, Control or provides control for a lot of different diseases. Um, So if you're looking for, you know, soft, soft chemistries or, um, you know things that are Omri friendly and so forth. Uh, Cease is a good one. Um, there's another product uh, called Regalia. Uh, it's basically giant knotweed extract, um, and it's and this one actually <clears throat> should be applied preventatively, so before any before any incidences of disease, um, for for maximum effect. Uh, same with cease. Um, now, the thing is with these different bio-based products, you got to, you know, your your application uh, intervals are going to be a little bit closer uh, than some conventional products. Um, but as far as copper-based products, a couple examples, uh, Junction is a copper hydroxide mancozeb product. Um, and there are some studies that have shown better control um, of bacterial leaf spot with this combination of uh, copper active ingredient and in Mancazeb, um, But there are also there are also other products like badge which are two different types of coppers um, that are labeled for you know, controlling, these dese- controlling this disease. Um, just make sure that for any of these products that you're using for controlling bacteria leaf spot that if you're if you are doing overhead irrigation you're being very mindful of that and that you're you're tightening that reapplication window because once you wash off, you know, once you wash off, whether it's a copper-based product or a microbial product, once you wash that product off of the leaf surface, again, that sort of protective layer of armor is gone. So um, be careful of that. Um, also, just be mindful. Of some of these, a lot of these copper products, um, you need to be really careful with your spray solution pH. Um, you, need, you need to keep it from getting too acidic. Otherwise, you can potentially cause phytotoxicity. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so that's so that's really kind of wraps up uh, our suggestions for managing uh, Tobar for tomato brown rugose fruit virus and bacterial leaf spot in tomatoes. If you have any other questions, please feel free to give me a shout. Uh, you can reach me by phone or email. Uh, my number was on the first slide if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> you want to rewind and, and check that out. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Resource for for growers for tackling issues like
0: this. Excellent. Excellent. And I will also put Nick's contact information in the show notes. Um, great resource to reach out to, uh, as well as some other resources um, that, that, that I will call out in the show notes. Be sure to check those out. Um, just wanted to reiterate with the uh, bacterial leaf spot, it's great that there are some solutions out there, whether they're bio-based or uh, or other chemistries, um, some options for growers, which is uh, which is excellent. So, but it's definitely one again that you need to uh, work really hard to prevent because, um, like like Nick was saying, it spreads quick and uh, can get kind of ugly. So, um, definitely, uh, if you need to uh, to rewatch this or share this with the rest of your team, um, because it will take a team effort to to reduce the the chances of, of encountering uh, these diseases. So real quick, before we wrap up, I do wanna call out some additional resources for you to check out. Um, first is a set of at-risk crop guides. I think we've covered, man, we probably covered about a dozen now uh, with presentations, slideshows, uh, video, audio, and white papers. Um, and I will mention that the tomato white paper that, that, that's available and linked in the show notes does have some additional resources uh, linked to some universities that have done a lot of work on these uh, on these two uh, issues with tomatoes, um, and those are all available at ballseedcom quickculture guides. You'll find a link in the show notes. Also, is our Tech on Demand podcast. It's brought to you by Grower Talks, and in addition to episodes like this one, you're going to find many other podcasts covering a range of greenhouse-specific topics, with more being added all the time. It's not just at-risk crops. We've got a lot more content out there, so. encourage you to subscribe to the Tech on Demand podcast on all the major podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, just about all of them, or visit growertalks.com slash tech on demand. So Nick, I think that that this has been good. Um, This has been fun. You gave a lot of excellent information. Definitely appreciate your time. And we're definitely gonna be making more videos in the future. So as always, thank you. And thank the Uh, technical services team at Ball for what you guys do every day to help growers. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Nick.
1: Absolutely. Thank you again for having me on
0: here, Bill. Look forward to the next one. For sure. And I am Bill Calkins with Tech on Demand. Wishing you a fantastic season. Take care out there. And if you're growing tomatoes, uh, take special extra care out there because you don't want to run into these problems. Have a good one.